Well, if you have your Bibles, once you turn with me, and uh, we're we're going over to, um, uh, if you could turn to Acts chapter three, and then if you would, after you get to Acts chapter three, then you could go to Isaiah chapter forty. Acts chapter three and Isaiah chapter forty. This morning we're continuing in our series that we're um, that we've been in for a few weeks now called re, which is a prefix meaning to return or to bring back to a place. And we've been talking about God's ability to rebuild and restore our lives. And regardless of where we are, where we've been, God has an amazing ability to transform our lives. Amen. Things can change. That's the that's the good news. You know, the Bible is called the good news. And the reason why it's called the good news is that God has a solution. He's got an answer for everything that we're going through, every problem that we face. That's good news. Amen. And so this morning, um, we're going to continue in that series. In week one, we talked in a, we talked about God's ability to revive. He can make alive anything that's dead or dying in your life. He can just, he can resurrect it. Amen. He is the resurrection. And whenever he was resurrected, he gave us hope to experience resurrection power in our lives. And then last week we talked about uh, God being a God who refills. You know, there's no reason for us to live our life uh, uh, dead, um, empty, defeated, powerless. Thank God for his power that he sent upon the earth that we can live spirit filled and we can live an empowered life. Amen. And we can be victorious. That's the good news. Today we're going to talk about another wonderful attribute and characteristic of God. And this God is a God who refreshes. How many of you, how many of you just enjoy when you've been out working all day, sweating, you're dirty, you're smelly, and you go in in the house and you take a good shower and you get refreshed? How many of you like that feeling of being refreshed? Amen. Well, God is a God who refreshes. The Bible says in Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You know, refreshing, figuratively speaking, means to catch or to recover your breath. How many of you ever been running so hard in life that you've lost your breath? You ever been there? You've lost your breath and you feel like you're about to fall on your face. Have you ever felt like life is so fast paced that you've just run out of energy, that you've run out of, of uh, passion and excitement and enthusiasm for life and you just feel spent? Ever feel like that? Two people? Come on. How many of you have been there? Everyone has the ability to lose their energy, passion and excitement for life. In fact, uh, Job lost all of his and he said in Job 7, 6, my life drags by day after hopeless day. Did you ever feel like life was a drag? Come on. When you wake up on Monday morning, do you feel like you're dragging? Come on. You ever feel like you're, you were just having trouble, just putting one foot in the front of the other and, and, and going for another week? I think we can all, uh, we've all been in a point in life where we felt that way. We've been so exhausted. We've been so fatigued that we feel like we're just going to collapse. I think Job 
represents millions of people who are suffering today from fatigue, from exhaustion, and they're feeling like they're about to collapse. That's why coffee shops do so good because everybody's looking for a little bit of energy. That's, that's why, um, that's why those, um, those energy drinks are doing so good. They put them right by the, by the cash register in the convenience store. So you can just look over there. Oh, I need me one of them. Amen. The supplement stores are selling supplements. Is, do you have anything that will help me with some energy? Because I've lost all of mine. And there's a lot of people that have lost all their passion and enthusiasm and energy for life. Even King David could relate to the loss of that, that energy and that, that enthusiasm for life. And he said this in Psalm 38.10, My heart pounds, my strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. So it matters not whether you're rich or poor, educated, uneducated, you're old or you're young, it does not matter. Every, everyone can lose their, their passion for life, their enthusiasm for life. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, in verse 30, even young, even youth grow tired and weary, and even young men stumble badly. See, so it happens to everybody, not just whenever you get older, but you could be young and feel like you're about to collapse. But you know, the problem with losing your energy and enthusiasm is it adversely affects your life. Isn't that true? It, it adversely affects you. It keeps you from having a real productive life. Whenever you think about it, nothing of great value has ever been accomplished without having great strength and passion and enthusiasm for life. Strength and passion is what allows you to press through adversity, to press through difficult circumstances. It's what turns impossible situations into possible situations. Ordinary into extraordinary. Having energy and strength and power and enthusiasm is what allows us to experience the supernatural. Amen? So listen, without strength and passion for life, your life will become really boring and it'll become dull and you'll quit living and, and you'll just start existing in life. And that's not what God has for us. Amen. Losing your energy and passion for life causes you to lose your joy. How many of you know there's no joy when you're exhausted? There's no joy when you're about to feel like you're about to fall on your face. In Job 9 and 25, says, my days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. So it's true that when you become, when you get so fast paced in your life and you get so stressed, what's going to happen is you're going to lose your strength and your passion. And once you lose your strength and your passion, there goes your joy. And there's no more joy in your life. Your joy just goes right out of the window. And joy, the Bible says, is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. How many of you know it's hard to have joy when you're exhausted? It's hard to have joy when you're so tired that you don't want to get up in the morning. And so the problem with losing your strength and energy is it adversely affects your life. But there's always good news. The good news is God created us to not live an exhausted, stressed out life. God created us to be refreshed. 
God created us to have enthusiasm and have a passionate life. Amen. In John 10, 10, it says the thief's purpose is to kill and destroy, steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Come on. How many of you feel like you need a rich and a satisfying life? How many of you think that sounds good? So remember this. If your life can be described as tired, exhausted, depleted, and weary, know this. Know that the Lord wants you to be refreshed today. Be hopeful today. Be encouraged today. Amen. God wants us to live a strong and exciting life. Listen what Isaiah said. Isaiah 40, 20, 28. Have you not heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. and They will walk and not faint. How many of you know that's a good passage of scripture right there? Listen, God is able. God is a God who never grows weak and weary. He never runs out of energy or strength. He has enough to go around and he has the ability to give you power and to strengthen you if you're weak and to, and to refresh your soul if you're exhausted. Amen. That's the good news. Uh, Isaiah, or rather Psalm 92 and 12 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And they will still bear fruit in old age. And they will stay fresh and green. Amen. Come on, you receive that this morning? Come on, the Lord wants you to be fresh. And he wants you to be refreshed and he wants you to be, he wants you to be fruitful all the days of your life. Amen. So the question is, how do we experience the Lord's refreshing? How do you get to that place? Well, I believe you got to eliminate what's zapping your strength. How many of you know there's things that zap your strength? They just suck strength and life right out of you. And unless you understand it, unless you recognize it, you're going to go from one zapper to the next. And you're going to wake up one day and you're going to not want to get out of bed. Amen. And your company's going to call you and say, where are you at? And your children are going to say, why are you not getting out of bed? And you're going to say, I'm zapped. I don't have any more energy. Amen. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about seven common energy zappers. Number one, living your life for the wrong purpose will zap your energy. Proverbs 16, 4 says the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. How many of you know God has purpose? He don't do anything without purpose. So therefore, if you on the planet, God has a purpose for you. Amen. He's got a reason for you being here. And so God has made each of us for his intended purpose. And when you don't live for his intended purpose, you'll lose real motivation for living. You'll lose real passion for living. Listen, living a selfish, self-centered life may seem like the best way to live your life. 
But living a self-centered lifestyle instead of a God-centered lifestyle will be a real life drainer. You can't be motivated if you're living for yourself. You can't stay enthusiastic if you're just living your life for yourself. A good question to ask yourself is, who am I living for? Am I living for myself or am I truly living for God and his purpose? It's a good question to ask. Matthew 16, 25 says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. You know, another way of quoting that scripture or looking at that scripture, it's whoever lives a selfish, self-centered life will lose motivation in life. But whoever surrenders their life and decides to do God's will, they're going to find new life. They're going to find enthusiasm. They're going to find excitement for life. Amen. So the first step to living a refreshed life is living your life surrendered to the will and purpose of God. And I promise you, it will bring an amazing amount of excitement and enthusiasm into your life. Has anybody experienced that and can amen me right here and say, that's the truth right there. Amen. And so I could say more about that, but I'm going to move on since we got seven zappers. Number two, another common energy zapper is living with an overloaded schedule. Well, that seems like it makes sense, but you know, really all you have to do is live a totally, to live a totally exhausted and drained life is to live an overloaded schedule, an overcommitted schedule. You know, all you got to do to get exhausted and fatigued is burn the candle at both ends and find a way to igniting another part of the candle. Amen. You're sure, you're sure to lose all your energy if you do that. Listen what it, Psalm 127 too says. It's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning till late at night, fearing you will starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. And so listen, the bottom line is if you're overworked, you're going to lose your energy and your passion because fatigue drains your energy and your passion. And whenever you work and work and work, you're going to get exhausted and you're going to get discouraged because you won't have the motivation to get up. You know, the great football coach Vince Lombardi said, fatigue makes cowards of all of us. And whenever you get tired, it's hard to face life and the stress of life and the problems of life. So listen, when you work too hard, you get tired. And when you get tired, you'll lose strength and enthusiasm for your life. Is that true? If you agree, say amen. amen. All right. Well, what's the solution? What's the solution? The solution is learning not to overextend yourself and not to overly book yourself and to keep some margin in your schedule. You know, it's learning to say no. You know, sometimes we work so hard because we fear we're going to starve to death. It's our insecurity that makes us work too hard. It's our fear of not having enough that makes us work too hard. But you know what? Another reason why we work so hard is because we're not getting an adequate amount of rest. How many of you know you got to get rest? And, and Deuteronomy or Exodus 38, 21 says, six days you shall labor. But on the seventh day, you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and the harvest, you must rest. In other words, he's saying, listen, even though business is booming, rest. Even though things are gone bananas, rest. Amen. You got work six days, but rest one. Why did God 
rest. And why did he ask us to rest? God didn't run out of breath. He didn't run out of energy. He was setting the example and saying, listen, this is how you do it. And the Lord knew that there's no way that we could continue if we don't get rest. How many of you know God designed the Sabbath day so we could get rest every week? And so listen, you know, we can be the the worst at violating the principle of the Sabbath. But the Sabbath is still effective. I know Jesus is the Sabbath. Rest. But there's still, it's one of the big ten. Work six and rest one. So we all need a balance between work and rest. Because rest will cause you to become refreshed and rejuvenated. Amen? Isn't it true, man? Just taking a day off and just not to have to answer any questions, solve any problems, kick your heels up, drink you some coffee, and just read a book or something and take a deep breath and say, praise the Lord. Amen? And you feel refreshed. Amen? A third uh, energy zapper is living with relational conflict. How many of you know living with relational conflict will zap your energy. The more relational conflict you allow in your life, the less energy and enthusiasm you'll have in your life. And the, and the scripture says, Job 5.2, Surely resentment destroys the fool, and jealousy kills the simple. When you allow things like resentment and jealousy to rule your life, to dominate your life, you, what's going to happen is you can expect to live an emotionally, physically depleted life. Relational conflict robs energy from your life. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do all you can to live at peace. Not for the other's sake, but for your sake. Because the more conflict you live in, the more your your adrenaline will be rushed, your, your, your adrenaline will be burning energy, You'll, you'll have to burn a lot of energy just to keep the emotions revved up and you'll get tighter quicker. So listen, it's been proven that the most refreshed, energetic, and passionate people on the planet are those who learn to deal with conflict and live with peace with others. Amen? Come on, how many of you know it's always easier? You always feel less stressed, less exhausted, when they got peace in the house. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? How many of you know? It, work is not quite so hard when they got peace at work. Amen. Because peace causes you to be refreshed. Amen. Uh, remember, um, remember this. It's not always in your power to be at peace, but do all you can to be at peace with others. Amen. A fourth energy zapper is this. Living with unresolved sin in your life. You know, living with unresolved sin is like carrying around sacks of cement. If you if you take a sack of cement, put it on your shoulders, and go to do your normal routine, man, you're going to get tired because because that it's hard to carry all that weight. And without realizing it, whenever we don't deal with sin in our life, the guilt, the guilt, and the condemnation, it's like sacks of cement. It's like a ball and chain on our ankle. And we're carrying it around and we can't see it, but it's there and it'll weigh heavy on us. Remember Samson, you know, whenever he had made the Nazarite vow and he had supernatural power and strength. When he broke the Nazarite vow, he lost supernatural energy. 
And he couldn't, he couldn't live the victorious life he did before. And that's, a, that's an example. Remember, David lost all his strength. He lost all his energy whenever he sinned. And this is what he said in Psalm 32, 3. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Sin evaporated David's strength, he said. He could tell. It's like it being in the summer heat. His energy was gone. And so all we have to do to live an exhausted life is live with unresolved sin in our life. And it's going to deplete us. It's going to weaken us. And so, uh, but amazing transformation took place after David dealt with the sin in his life. Uh, something supernatural happened. And, uh, and he said that, he said, whenever I refuse to confess my sin, my life uh, evaporated, my energy evaporated. But man, after I uncovered it, wow, man, I'm blessed. I'm revitalized. Amen. So here's the life application. It's always good to practice regularly examining your life. Is my heart and attitude right with God? Because if it's not, it's going to be like, man, like somebody's just just putting a syringe in your strength and just sucking it out of your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, test yourselves to make sure you're in solid faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. And so listen, you know, we got to, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can go a week, a month without even recognizing or just like, God, are you okay? Is my attitude right? Is my heart right with you? But how many of you know it's good to do that? It's good to check your life out. To live a strong, vibrant life, you got to live with a repentant heart. You got to deal with, with, uh, with unconfessed sin. Remember the first verse we, we read in Acts 3.19? Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You know, the cleaner life you live, the more refreshed life you will enjoy. Amen. Y'all agree? If you agree, say amen. amen. A fifth energy zapper is living a physically unhealthy life. And so, you know, this goes without saying, but Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. He wants us to be spiritually healthy, but also he wants our souls to be healthy. And he wants us to be physically healthy. In every respect, he wants us to be healthy. And listen, you can't enjoy an energetic, vibrant life if you're not taking care of yourself physically, right? I mean, I find that, you know, the more, uh, the less self-control I have, the less energy I have, amen? Physical fitness often determines the quality and the quantity of life. Physical fitness will not give you will not only give you an increase in energy, but it's going to boost your immune system. And it's going to cause you to sleep better. And you're going to have a better outlook on life. It affects every area of your life. Come on, if you agree with this, say amen. amen. And so 2 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We are to honor God with our bodies. We're, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the question is, am I honoring God by the way that I'm treating my body. I gotta, I gotta treat my body well. I gotta 
I got to treat it in a way that brings honor to God. Now, the truth is we could all live a more refreshed life, right? With more energy and more and more enthusiasm and passion. We can live a better, more energetic life if we'll just do two things. One, start eating healthier and um, and eating more nourishing food. You know, I like uh, some people say, eat living food. It'll make you alive. There's that stuff in the box that'll sit on the shelf for 10 years. That won't give you much life. Amen. But also, how many of you know it helps if you begin exercising on a regular basis? There's something about exercising that'll make you feel better and it'll give you energy. It might make you tired at first, but in the long run, it'll give you more energy. Amen. And so the sixth energy zapper is living a spiritually malnourished life. You know, the reason some of us don't enjoy much energy and enthusiasm in life is we're starving, not physically starving, but spiritually starving. You know, listen to this verse, Deuteronomy 8.3. People do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so, you know, what this verse is saying, you know, listen, naturally, if we don't eat nourishing food, we know what's going to happen, right? If we don't eat nourishing food on a regular basis, you won't notice it at first. But eventually, what's going to happen is you're going to become unhealthy and you're going to become malnourished. And you'll lose all your strength and you'll lose energy and excitement and passion for life. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Things can be going really well. But if you're malnourished, it's going to be hard for you to enjoy life. You're going to lose all your energy. But spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. You know, listen, if you don't eat nourishing spiritual food on a regular basis, just like in the natural, you won't notice it at first. But eventually you'll start to feel like you're malnourished. You'll feel like you've lost all your enthusiasm, excitement and energy for life. Because when you eat spiritually, It brings nourishment to your body. It brings nourishment to your spirit. It's not an option. If you want to live a refreshed life, you must feed your soul on a regular diet. Amen? How long will we go without eating physically? Well, we just learned that a few weeks ago. And we said, let's fast. Okay, I fast this past hour. I'm ready to eat now. Right? I mean, our flesh will not let us go very long before we need to eat, right? So we need to feed ourselves spiritually on a regular basis. So what do you feed your soul? What are you, how do you nourish your soul? Well, I believe you feed your soul the word of God. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Proverbs 4.20 says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Did you catch what verse verse 22 said? God's word brings life to those who find them. God's word will fill you with living energy, living spiritual energy and bring healing to your whole body. You know, listen, if God took his breath out of us, I would just become a pile of ashes. Eventually. I mean, it'd stink a little while, but eventually I would become just dust 
What keeps me alive is the breath of God, right? Think of it this way. If you don't constantly feed yourself spiritually, or you just eat every once in a while, like maybe a couple of Sundays a month, you're going to become a pile of ashes. You won't have no life in you. You're going to say, what's going on? Why am I struggling? Why do I have no excitement for life? Well, maybe you just need to eat some, some gospels. Amen. Eat you some, some good word. Amen. And, uh, and, and it'll bring nourishment into your body. Amen. And all of a sudden, you might get more excited about life than you've been for a long time. Amen. Y'all receiving this today? I'm going in a hurry. Can you tell I'm going in a hurry? You can listen a lot quicker than I can talk. Huh? All right. And finally, a seventh energy zapper is this. Living an overly burdened life. Now, I think that the burdens and pressures of life will zap your energy and enthusiasm and passion for life almost more than anything else. You know, again, going back to the sin, you know, weight of cement. Well, man, some of us, we, we are hoarders. We are hoarding burdens. We are hoarding, we are hoarding worry. We are hoarding fear. Man, we got a room full of burdens. In fact, I think we got a life full of them. I mean, our shoulders are drooping because we're carrying the burdens of life. Come on. And then we go by Monday. Okay, Monday, I'm ready for work. Monday, mid-morning. Oh, man, when's Friday coming? I'm tired already. I've been carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And I'm worried about stuff that I'm not even supposed to be worried about. That I'm not even supposed to be thinking about. I'm worried about worry. I'm worried about worry and worry. And I'm worried about my worry and your worry. And I'm worried about what's happening for me and what's happening to you. I'm worried about whether the world is going to keep turning on its axis. And I don't have a thing I could do about it. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so come on. We got to get rid of our burdens. Amen. Come on. Take a deep breath right now. And say enough already. Amen. Oh, come on now. I mean, listen, we got a lot of reasons to be burdened, but we got to get rid of it. You know, listen, whenever I pull my truck, uh, I pull my truck. I don't normally do that too often. <laughs> but if in case I do, I can tell you it won't go very far. I'll tell you that right now. Let me try that again. I have a boat. And when I pull my boat with my truck, there we go. Sounds better? All right, yeah. My truck burns a whole lot more gas. It's like, man, what? I must have a hole in my tank. Because this baby is burning a lot more gas when I pull this heavy boat. See, what happens to us is when we're pulling all those heavy loads, we burn more gas. We get on empty a lot quicker. And a lot of us are living our lives on empty. The heavier the load we carry, the faster you run out of gas. So we got to offload. Amen. We, uh, we need to unhitch the boats in our life. 
that's causing us to burn all this emotional energy, all this mental energy. Come on, I'm preaching now. But I need a mirror up here right now is what I need. Amen. So I could see myself while I'm preaching. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Say, that's right, Todd. Preach to yourself, buddy. Amen. Come on. Listen to what you're saying. Amen. Hey, listen. In Job 6, 2 says, Oh, that my sadness and trouble were weighed, for they are heavier than sand of a thousand seashores. Wow. Goodness gracious. I think it's safe to say some of us here today, we're carrying burdens, emotional burdens. We're overloaded with emotional burdens. We're overloaded with financial burdens. We're overloaded with relational burdens, with mental burdens. And you could probably name four or five other burdens. But we're overloaded. question is, what do you do when you're overloaded and you're burdened down? What do you do? Well, Jesus had a suggestion. And this is what he suggested. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you. Take my yoke and put it in you. Put it on you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you. Well, I'm already burdened down. You want to give me another one? The yoke I give you is easy. And the load I will put on you is light. Come on, how many of you, how many of you want to sing a song right now? That is music to your ears. Amen. So Jesus is inviting us and he says three things you need to do. He invites us to do three things if we want to unhitch, if we want to unload. First of all, he says, come to Jesus. You need to have a come to Jesus meeting. Amen. How many of you know you can know about Jesus, but not come to Jesus? You can know him well and quote him in your head, but not really come to him in your heart. You got to get beyond what you know about Jesus and you got to simply come to Jesus. Amen. And that's what he's saying in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me. All you are tired from carrying heavy loads. How many of you are tired from carrying heavy loads? Come to Jesus. How do you come to Jesus? You get on your knees at his feet. You get into your quiet place. You get in your secret place and you say, Jesus, I'm burdened. I'm tired. I'm glad you're talking to me about that. I got a solution. Come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're tired. Come to me if you're burdened down. And he promises us that he would give us rest. How many of you know if he promised that, you can go to the bank with it? Amen. But, but, but Jesus, you have no idea. The size boat I got to pull in my life. You have no idea. How much thraka I got in my life? How many problems I have in my life? I got more problems than the worst person you can think about. That Jesus said, oh, really? Oh, really? You done taxed my ability to lighten your load. You done stressed out my ability to help people that are burdened down. Right? Wrong. Never. Never. How many of you know Never. Never are we so loaded down that Jesus can't help us. Amen. 
So first, we got to come to Jesus. Number two, we got to surrender control. Uh oh. Man, it's hard to unhitch that boat. Sometimes we get used to pulling that boat and we want to live our life with that boat. I think we, we get comfort in pulling that boat. I think we get identity in pulling that boat. How are you? I'm pulling a boat. How are you doing, man? Oh, man. Oh, let me tell you about my boat. It's so heavy. So we got to come to Jesus. We got to surrender control. Unhook the boat. Amen. Leave that boat behind. Man, you're going to get into high gear in your truck. Amen. So you got to, he said, take my yoke upon you. Now, how many of you know what that is? That yoke is this piece of wood that they used in forming times where they put two oxen together. They yoke two oxen together. It'd go around their head. It kept them together. It kept them going. And then they would yoke. They'd put the wagon on the, you know, the, the wagon would be hooked onto the strap on the oxen. And they would pull the burden. They would pull the load. And they always put a young oxen and an old oxen together. And um, as soon as the master would say, okay, pull. The young oxen would pull like he was running a hundred yard dash. And the old oxen would just wait it out. Wait it out. Because that young oxen, no control. Governor full speed ahead. Going to the races. A couple of, couple of miles down the road, that young ox's tongue's hanging out. And he's starting to not push quite so hard. And then all of a sudden, the old ox starts feeling a little weight finally. He's like, come on, why don't we do this together? But you're going to have to surrender control and quit being the, the MVP here. Come on, this is revelation right here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on, don't be so, so tough and, and have the world by the tail. Why don't you just kind of surrender control and let's do it together. But come on, let's pull that weight together. Because listen, I've been pulling loads for a long time. I carried the load of the world, and I can surely help you, bro. Amen. Come on, how many of you think that's that's more music right there? Amen. You know, the the yoke is a symbol of partnership. Jesus wants to partner with you in carrying your loads. You don't really have to carry those loads. You really don't have to. You can get some help. And Jesus wants to help you. But yoke is also a symbol of control. Jesus wants us to determine and figure out the correct pace of life. I'm not going to try to carry everything. I'm going to surrender the control to the Lord. Come to me. Take my yoke upon you. And by the way, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. And then finally he says, learn to trust me with your problems. Learn from me. Because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest. You know, our problems are really not our problems. You know what? Our burdens are really not our burdens. It's our fear of the problems. It's our fear of the burdens and the problems. It's our fear of our future. It's stressing about things that we ain't even got to worry about yet. 
That's where the burden comes in. It's not so much the problems that's the problem. It's how we handle the problem that's the problem. And the more we trust God, the less burden our problem is going to be on us because we're going to feel like God's got this. He's the ox. He's a, he carries the world, man. He could carry my problem. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. Come on, where's my mirror? I need my mirror. I need my mirror right here. Amen. Come on, how many of you know we could trust the Lord? Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in spirit. You know, the two biggest causes of burdens in our life is self-aggression and being in control. And then the other is pride. Pride. Jesus says, learn from me. Learn to work out. Learn to trust me to work out your problems. How many of you know you could trust Jesus? Turn to me with your problems. You see, and I think it's just like, you know, we go through a day and by the end of the day, if we could see in the spirit, we got these piles of sand, bags of cement and that we're carrying. And then we get to the end of our day and we say, oh, man. And when we lay down, when we sit down on our recliner, it almost goes over backwards because we got so much weight and we just like plop. And then we get to bed and we plop in our bed. In fact, we can't sleep too good because we got, we're sleeping on burdens, on sacks of cement. And the Lord says, well, okay, how about if you let me take those off of you and you get to sleep better and you'll be able to relax more? Do you trust me? Do you trust that I'll handle it? And that's really the crux of the matter. Humility says, God, I trust you. I trust you. Do you trust God? But see, man, do you see the winds here? You see the waves? Yep, yep, they're always going to be there. There's always going to be a wind blowing. There's always going to be signs that your world's about to collapse. The question is, not if the signs are going to go away. The question is, are we going to trust Jesus? Come on, how many of you think that a, a good answer is trust Jesus? Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Let's close in prayer right now. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Let's just take a moment right now. I know you're in a hurry, but listen, you're tired. You need to wait a minute. Maybe the Lord wants to help you. Maybe the Lord wants to decompress your life today. Maybe the Lord wants to ease your burden today. Come on, how many of you... How many of you need to be refreshed today? How many of you need to be refreshed? Listen, the first step is to come to Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never been born again, you never said, Jesus, I want to be a Christian, I want to live for you, that's the first step. If you're here today and you say, that's me, I want you to raise your hand right now. There you go, sir. Anybody else? This is an opportunity where Jesus is inviting you to come. Come. Come on. One hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Raise it high. Don't be shamed. Don't, listen, if you don't, come on. You want your weight eased? Come to Jesus. Come on. If you raise your hand, just come up here at the altar real quick. Just come on down here. Just come on down here. If there's anybody in here that says, I need to give my life to Jesus, this is your opportunity to come to Jesus and to get into yoke with him. Amen? Say, oh, I, I want it, but I don't want to go down there. Come on. Come. Jesus said, come. 
You don't have to. But listen, whenever you get the desire and the grace to come, that's whenever things begin to happen in your life. It's trusting the Lord. Amen? Now, come on. Not only do we come, but we surrender. We surrender control. Come on, maybe you're here today, and what you need to do is surrender. Would you close your eyes with me? Would you close your eyes with me just a moment? How many of you today, you say, Lord, God, I'm taking on too much. I've taken on, I'm taking on a yoke that I'm not supposed to carry. God, I, I've, been, I've been trying to carry this wagon all by myself. And I'm not relying on you. I'm not trusting you to be my burden bearer. I've been trying to do it on my own. And God, I'm tired. Anybody feel like that today? Let me see your hands. Come on, there you go. Just acknowledge it. Just say, man, God. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's surrender it to the Lord. Let's give it to the Lord right now. Come on, put both hands up if you have the grace. If you have the grace, not just put them up. Put them up high. Just put them up high and say, God, I surrender. God, I surrender. I surrender. You know, kind of like putting up your hands part of the way. It's like surrendering part of the way. But I find the higher I raise my hands, the more I'm saying, God, I give it all to you today. I'm humbling myself before you. I need your help today. I need your help. Now talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I surrender. God, I yield. I give over control. God, I give it to you today. God, I give my burdens, my fears, my worries, my anxiety. Now, come on, let's go to step number three. Come on, can you trust him today? If you could trust him, say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. God, I know it's going to work out. I know it's going to be okay. I know that you got me, Lord. And today, God, I'm not going to stress myself out with worry, with doubt, with unbelief, with fear, with anxiety. I'm not going to carry this. I want to leave this place without that today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, you refresh souls. And I pray today, God, Lord, you would break burdens, God, that you would bind up fear, break fear. God, break fear of the future. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, break worry warts off of, Lord, break the spirit of the worry ward off of people today. Lord Jesus, I pray that, God, you would fill us with faith today, fill us with confidence today. God, we believe, God, you're a God who refreshes and restores. And today, Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We put all our trust and confidence in you. And we say, Jesus, thank you for making my life lighter and refreshing me with fresh energy, with fresh enthusiasm, with fresh passion and excitement for life. Lord, I thank you that supernaturally you're doing that for every person in this place today in the mighty and powerful and matchless name of Jesus, the burden bearer of all burdens. Amen and amen. Come on, if you receive that today, give Him thanks, give Him praise, give Him glory, and give Him honor today. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, sometimes you need somebody to help you carry your burdens. That's what the Bible says, carry one another's burdens. If you need to surrender your life, you need somebody to stand with you, just come this way. We'll pray for you. We'll be here and pray for everybody that needs prayer. But if not, God bless you. Take a deep breath. 
Find you some place, some margin in your life to sit at the feet of Jesus and let him take the burdens of life off of you. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.